Welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative, a podcast that challenges what it means to be a high performer. Here are your hosts, Lauren Williams and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, we welcome Jonathan Jones from the Beyond the Ball podcast to talk about how he found success after sport and how he helps athletes with their transition into the real world. Now, one thing I wanted to mention is Lauren and I are going to be running a host Q&A episode. So if you'd like to submit any questions for us so that we can answer on the show, go to Apple, write us a review, and drop the question into the review. One is we'd really appreciate Apple reviews. It really helps with rankings. But two, we'll also answer the question on the show in the next few weeks. So definitely do that for us. We'd really appreciate it. And thank you in advance for doing that. If you haven't yet, go to highperformancenarrative.com. You can find out more about Lauren and I. You can find out what both of us offer in terms of services, speaking, consulting, coaching, and subscribe to the podcast. So thanks for listening. And here's the interview with Jonathan Jones. We are back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative. I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and as always, we have our in-house performance coach and first overall draft pick, Lauren Williams. Lauren, how are you? Hype me up in the morning. Let's go. Uh, No, I'm doing well. I feel like we haven't done one of these in a while, and I'm like settling back in with the microphone and... Oh, I almost feel a little out of practice. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> out of practice. Yeah. See, for me, like now I'm doing two episodes a week. So, and it's been, I think this is coming up to be my th- third year in podcasting. So it's, uh, it just feels natural now. I've got to muscle memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still developing that, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. And we have a special guest today from Beyond the Ball podcast, Jonathan Jones. Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing excellent, Rob. I'm doing excellent, Lauren. Glad to be here and excited to be with you all. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And maybe just to kick us off, like, can you tell everyone about Beyond the Ball podcast? Yeah, so with Beyond the Ball, I initially started it just to be a resource for student athletes. Just knowing that this is a difficult time just in regards to identity, in regards to transition. So I wanted to just create a hub or a a space to where they can go and listen to different interviews, listen to different stories, and then also being able to, you know, extract what they might need at that current period of their life, at that current time. So just the premise, I focus on three things, stories, strategies, and success to help them ultimately succeed beyond their degree. And that's something, you know, like, to be honest, I'm struggling with right now is like this transition between, and I'm 10 years out of college, but it's like this transition from basically how we got our needs met in sports and how we get our needs met in the real world. Like this for me is a big struggle. Maybe do you want to like talk a little bit about like, what do you recommend for people who are in that transition? Yeah. So one thing I I really have been leaning in heavily towards lately, first and foremost, I mean, I always recommend therapy um, because I think a lot of times when we look at therapy or we think of counseling, it has a negative connotation. 
as opposed to therapists also provide great resources and they also help you mapping out goals, planning out lives, looking at career transition, things like that. So, so that would be the first area that I would recommend. But even in addition to that, even finding identity and getting a place to where you can make your impact or make your footing in the world, then I like to just encourage people to find a place to potentially where they can serve, right? So finding a place to where you have the opportunity to give to somebody, to give to a cause, maybe not financially. If we're talking fresh out of college, you know, or, or even a few years removed, we're not even talking finances, but I'm talking about energy and having the opportunity to give somebody a smile or an encouraging word. So finding a place to serve as well as identifying a problem that you can solve. Because I think when we put those two things together, then I think we really get to get a valid understanding of what our skill set is and then once we identify what our skill set is then we can apply that to like I said a place to where we can serve and then this begins to make potential career paths or even transitions simplified so that's just two two quick points that, that, that I feel could be really beneficial because I mean that that's what I did my place to serve was creating a podcast and then from there the problem that I was uh, striving to solve or, or be a solution to is helping athletes identify around identity and transition and that's what I started partnering with colleges and universities to do I love that and, and for me I, I couldn't agree more and I think like a lot of the skills that we learn in sports are things like discipline you know, being able to grind, being able to show up every day and put in the work. And the one thing I've been talking to my therapist about is is basically she said, like, nothing feels to you like it's big enough or it has enough meaning. Mm. And that's why you're struggling with like this transition period. And I think like with this show, like Lauren and I were we're on a mission and we're on a process and it makes it easy to get up at seven o'clock in the morning and do this. Um, but it's still like, I think the pieces all have to come together for me. Lauren, what, what do you think about this? Like, this is something that's in your wheelhouse of what you help people with. Yeah, absolutely. I think when it comes to athletes transitioning out of sport, you're, you're going from this unique space of you know, where you're used to having very concrete external validators. You have, you know, your coaches telling you that you're doing well. If you're playing, you know, a college level sport, you have your academic side and, and professors and um, your academic support team telling you what to do or what you're doing well, what needs work. And you have this, this system in place that essentially you walk straight into that is set up for you to tell you, how you're performing. And then you leave that behind and end up being, you know, in the work environment where none of that essentially exists, at least to that scale. You're lucky if you have a boss that checks in with you and says like, hey, you're new here. How are things going? I think you're doing pretty well. You just don't see that that often. Um, and it kind of gets lost in the shuffle um, you know, talking about all of these skills that athletes have from just a great work ethic to teamwork, to learning how to problem solve creatively. Um, yeah. It's just like you lose that transferability of skills sometimes. And it takes, you know, I like what you Jonathan said about, you know, finding a project to devote some passion to and, and give service to, because, if you're able to actively choose some venue that you are passionate about, I think that's where you'll start to see some of your skills emerge again. Whereas, 
you get into the workforce right away and you're like, this is my nine to five. Maybe I'm not super passionate about it. You do get lost in the shuffle of like, well, this is my job description. This is what I have to do. Whereas if you can find somewhere um, to give service to that you're actually interested in, I think you can start to see some of those, those passion pieces coming back out. Yeah. And I, I've been diving a little deeper into this and I know Lauren, we sent, I sent you this article on Cleet Keller, which was the Olympic swimmer who um, <laughs> turned into basically raiding the Capitol building in January of 2021. And I wasn't, not not I'm, I'm not advocating uh, anything like that but but the thing that struck me in that article that hit home for me was this concept of failure in the pool being different than failure being in the real world and what he said was like he wasn't able to succeed in his jobs in because he did you know a bunch of these different jobs um because the basically the pressure of bringing home money and income and status for his family was just so much bigger than how it felt when he was swimming. And I think like, for me, that just hit really home because it's like, it did feel different when you made a mistake in the pool. And then another article I was reading was about um, Salam, I forget what his last name was, but he was the Heisman Trophy winner out of University of Colorado. And basically he won the Heisman Trophy, he kind of flamed out of the NFL, and then he ended up committing suicide um, a few years later. And one of the biggest things kind of stuck out for me in that article was time. Mm. And he said, like, he invested in projects, he invested in companies because, you know, he was NFL guy and a lot of stuff came in the door and he would give it about a year. And then if there was no return, he was like, I'm out. And I think both of those things really stuck with me because that's where I'm at is, mm -hmm. I don't, and I think there's some concept about being such a high achiever all the way from like basically I was 12 or 13 to now that I've never really been bad at anything lately. And like giving it a year, you're like, well, where's my results? Like I should be, I should be good by now. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot to talk about there, but I think it's, it's part of the struggle of being someone who's been a high performer for your whole life is like how do you fail at something new and then how do you deal with the failure that you're going through rob yeah i think you're one so i've been reading this book called called the slight edge and, and one, one thing they talk about in, in the book is they, they talk about this term called invisible results Right. Because if we look, go back and look to when we were competing, if it was the pool, if it was the, the ice hockey rink or if it was the court, wherever it might be, that there was a point in time to where we weren't as great as we would have liked to be. If it, if it was when we were, you know, play, playing uh, teeny ball or, you know, just playing like playing wh whatever on whatever level. But so often we forget about that time. And we always remember while we were playing our sport and competing in our sport of us competing and playing at the highest level. We, we remember the wins, we remember the high points, we remember the championship games, we remember the victories. And then now as we transition into a different area and a different phase of our lives, then the question becomes, well, now, it's it's almost as if now we're looking we're looking from the top of the mountain backwards because it's like we just started the job, but we wanna be on the top of the mountain right now versus thinking about it and saying, Oh, wait a minute. I have to I have to learn this process. I have to learn how to be successful in this different 
space of life in this different career transition. But what it talks about in the slight edge, it talks about just ultimately the compound effect. So just focusing on getting a little bit better today. Focus on reading 10 pages today, then 10 pages tomorrow, then 10 pages the next day. And then it talks about invisible results because invisible results, we, we don't see. We, we go to the gym and we work out, we feel the burn, we get a little sweat, but we don't see the cuts and we don't see the mass beginning to build. And then, in, in all honesty, the, funny, the funniest part about working out is as we continue to work out, we really don't even really see it until there's somebody who we haven't seen in a while. Like, like Rob, let's say, for instance, you and Lauren work at the same gym and then you don't see Lauren for three months, but y'all are working out together every day. And then she sees you on month four. She's like, Rob, you've been, you know, you putting on some weight. Looks like you're really toning up. And you're like, no, I mean, this is how I look. And then Lauren's like, no, 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 Rob, you didn't look like that before. You know, you're cut <laughs> here and, you know, you got this here and that there. And it's, it's one of those funny things that if we don't allow ourselves to, one, just self-assess where we are in life, think about what we have accomplished, but then think about what we're striving to accomplish, what we desire to accomplish, and then just breaking that thing down to like little lunchable cracker size bites, right? So if I take one cracker here, what's one cracker today? What's one piece of ham here? What's one piece of cheese? And then if we break it, we break it down this way, then, then I, I think it can decrease a lot of stress on us because for me for me when I first started uh just when I first started like really in this entrepreneurship journey you can ask my wife now I would just sleep throughout the course of the day I would be sleep often and very long periods of time I would just be sleep and then it got to the point where I was like okay I need some structure so I said what are three things that I want to accomplish today then I knock out three things. I'm like, okay, yeah, I did my three things. I wasted a lot of time, but I did three things. And then now it's gotten to the point to where I've built on that. Now, if you look at my list on some days, I have nine, 10, 15 items on a list. I don't accomplish all of them every single day, but it's got to the point to where I've been able to have the compound effect and those invisible results I'm starting to see just by progress that I'm making. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and that's where I'm at now, actually, <clears throat> to be honest, is like, nice, nice. I'm at this point where I've been looking at like these business coaches and finding one to get me those steps every day. Because I think like what Lauren talks about it in her process is more like, you know, it's basically that, right? It's like doing the controllable and then trusting that the external is going to come. Right. And for me, that's been the hardest part is like, What's the controllable thing today that I can do that gets me to that result later? Because in the mm. pool, it's very obvious. In the classroom, it's very obvious. But just in life in general, or like maybe entrepreneurship, it's not that obvious. Yeah, I agree with that a lot, right? Making that connection between, um, like we were talking about it with meditation, right, Rob? You're like, how the heck does taking five minutes to meditate <laughs> help me build a business. And it's like, all right, well, here's the obvious answer. Maybe the direct connection is not like so solid that you got A and B and they're connected together. But instead what you have is, well, if you meditate for five minutes in the morning, maybe you have the ability to slow your thinking process down. And maybe when you're able to slow your thinking down, you don't have these racing thoughts of, you know, oh my God, it's 8 a.m. I haven't even had breakfast yet. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? What am I going to do for the rest of the day? I have like four open hours to fill. And then you're totally off track. Whereas if you take that time to meditate and say like, all right, 
I'm going to get clear on what I need to do today. I'm going to slow myself down so that as those problems come up, your brain is able to effectively tackle each problem one at a time. And I think a lot of that is what happens to people is they lose the ability to see the direct connection between doing X and getting to Y. Um, in sports, it's easy to say like, I can break down one skill into a bunch of little things I can work on. And I know that working on each of these skills is going to help me get there. But in life, it's completely different. And it takes that self-awareness piece to really get curious about how each little step can help you get to that end goal. Yeah. And it's something I've struggled with a lot, even in polo, like, like there was a few weeks a year where we would do like, we would go running cause the pool was shut down or like we would do pushups and stuff. And like, it was very hard for me to understand and map that to the pool. And it's even like, <clears throat> like, you know, we talk about like the NFL combine or something and it's like, like Tom Brady's doing a bench press and it's like, who cares if he can bench press it 20 times or five times, like it doesn't matter. And it's like, it's not a transferable skill. And I think like, for me, that's what I struggle with, with life is, is just like, I think a lot of it, it is very hard to map a lot of the things we do on a daily basis. And then it's also hard to track the results. Like Jonathan, you were talking about in terms of the gym and seeing that, but it's like, I think for me, it's like, what results are like making connections with people or what results are, you know, a lot of the business building skills like marketing and, and even like impressions on a website, like, yeah, I guess we could eventually get to a point where, you know, one email click is, is worth 10 cents, but if we're way upstream mm -hmm. of that, it's, it's in, like, it's incredibly hard to map that. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it, it can it can be re really, really difficult. But just like Lauren was talking about, if we really get to the place and get to the point to where we one really identify the goal and then we have something in place that helps us just ultimately strengthen our focus, because I think that's one of the things that's really beneficial about meditation and mindfulness and and even therapy. Right. There, there, there are these there are these things that we put in place to help us clear our thoughts and then by having clear thoughts, then we really can process through. Because at the end of the day, if we're sitting at home, we're saying, I want to get in shape. Of course, we know I need to go to the gym. I need to put on my shoes. I need to go outside and run. But then there's everything that gets in play. Well, oh, but wait, I want to finish the series on Netflix. Oh, my goodness, that bag of chips looks so good. Oh, wait a minute, I have to text this person. I need to take a picture of this or do this and do that. And then those are things that cloud our thought and then they shift our focus. But if we keep the main thing, the main thing, as I've heard, I don't know who say that, but if we keep the main thing, the main thing, then, you know, just navigating through that hopefully can simplify the process or like you just alluded to earlier, Rob, we, we get somebody who can hold us accountable and, you know, just keep us, keep, keep, just keep tabs on us. At least I think those things are all beneficial. That's right. It's the, I think, I think you're referring to the one thing, which is a great book. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs should really check that one out. And it's, mm. it's very much about how do you, it's exactly your process, what you were talking about, Jonathan, where it's like identify three things, that move you towards the one thing that you're shooting for. And then the question that they ask is basically, what's the one thing I can do today that makes everything else irrelevant? Mm. And it's like a great question to really dial oh, in. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, check that one out, everyone. <laughs> oh, 
So good, so good, so good. And and I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say this, and then we can move on. But I think that's the place where I even find myself in it sometimes. <clears throat> it's it's the fact that overcomplicating success. And for some of us, success can look like a degree. For some of us, success can look like six figures. For others of us, success can look like having the opportunity to put somebody else in position to be successful. But we overcomplicate success. John, you overcomplicate success. Sometimes we just overcomplicate success when it's ultimately going from point A to point B. If it, it costs me $1,000 to start a business, what can I do to make $1,000? What skill do I know that somebody could pay me for to get that money so that I can start that business so that I can do what I need to do in that business to impact other people's lives. But sometimes we just, we over overcomplicate just the simple. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, something we've talked about is, is this, this idea of success and like what it is. And I think a lot of us, you know, we're conditioned to think that success is, you know, GameStop hitting a hundred thousand dollars a share, um, and you know, having having a beach house in in the Caribbean. Like, what is success to you? Well, first off, really upset about missing out on the GameStop thing. Really upset about that. But <laughs> um, I think you know, and we talked about this earlier this week too. Um, I think there's a couple components to, ex to success and, and realizing your success. And the first one is learning how to let go of all the external stuff that we've been so trained to measure ourselves against. Um, and like you said, whether it's, you know, a six figure salary or, um, you know, six figures able... is nothing now. Come on, oh my... <laughs> Rob. <laughs> it is what you make it. But um, I think so. Like it's it's learning to first and foremost let go of those external things that you're so used to comparing yourself to, and then what we talked about. The second part of it is is learning what your peak potential is, and and we've talked about this in terms of what is the maximum amount of impact that you can have on the world around you what is um what does it look like for you to be realizing your fullest potential and that is what you should be measuring your success against because you and only you are you know the only person who knows what your peak potential looks like and how to measure that um, and once you can really start to look internally for things like that, I think that you'll start to see such a huge shift just in your overall perspective in life as well. And like, I, like, I think that's a, for me, that's a hard concept. Like, I, I don't know what my peak potential would look like. I don't know what even potential really means in this context. Like, I think a lot of people out there, it's easy to know what your peak potential was on the, you know, on, on the ice or on the court or in the pool, but in life, that's very amorphous. Like where should people start to think about that? I think it starts with like figuring out what you're passionate about because it's, it's like I said, it's finding where you can have the most impact in those around you and, and in your own life. So figuring out what drives you to want to get up in the morning, what drives you to want to put in eight hours of work in a day or whatever it is, 
um, ask yourself what's important to you, what those values are and what you're passionate about, and then move in a direction that starts to align with those things. I think that's how you start to measure, you know, okay, well then what is my peak potential in this realm? How far can I take this? How far do I want to take this? Um, and then I think the answers sort of start to fall into place. Jonathan, how about you? Like you mentioned service at the beginning, and I think this is basically the same thing. Like where should people start to find their area of service? Yeah. Uh, so I, <clears throat> so I, I would just encourage people to just, just begin to think of, you know, wh where are some areas to where, like throughout the course of your life, wh where are some areas or some experiences that you've had that you just really enjoyed, but you only did it once because it was a service project, or you only did it another time because you had to volunteer. So I, I would just encourage people to find find that place and, and, and go back and revisit some of those things, or, or just take some time and, you know, think about things that you've just truly enjoyed, but you didn't give it, like we were talking about earlier, you didn't give it time to see what that seed could become. So that would be just my, just like my, my encouraging little tidbit is, you know, f find a place because we, we've all done certain things to where we enjoyed it. And, you know, we didn't really invest that much time into it. And then if we began to do that, then I believe just, just, just uh, similar to, to Lauren's point, then, you know, we see about serving, are volunteering for this one event are serving that one individual then next time then it's two individuals and then you know beginning to stretch that thing out because ultimately if we get to a place to where we're doing something to where we don't enjoy then it might be time to try something else and then you know going through that process then i think that would help begin to weed some things out just through process of elimination yeah i like that and for me like how it came <clears throat> out for me and how this show came out for me is just is like my story and I think understanding like the struggles that I've gone through with high achievement and mental health has really kind of crystallized in this show. And I know Lauren is the same. And it's it's really about that is, you know, what what makes you you? And then why, like basically, why are you here? And it all sort of crystallized it for me was this whole concept of of high performance and mental health and that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. So Jonathan, I guess, you know, moving on here, like when people are out there and like, let's say, you know, in athletics there, we are, we did talk about this before, but it's like mental health in athletics is something that's sort of taboo. And it's all about getting to practice, putting in the work, achieving, you know, and even stuff like what, what's happening with Kyrie Irving where it's likely that he has some mental health problems and we don't know what they are, but, you know, like behavior like that, and he's getting like slammed too, but mm -hmm. like, where should people go if they're struggling and they're an athlete? Like, what do you see with that? Yeah. For, so, so first things first, I mean, I, I always recommend because I know everybody isn't um, just fond of counselors or just their experience or what they've heard about therapy and counselors, et cetera. So that might not be the go-to. So I, I always suggest that you at least connect with a trusted individual that you have to have somewhat of a sounding board or ultimately just to be someone who you can just share thoughts with. You can just bounce ideas or you can just let it all out 
right? Just somebody who just they, they create a unfiltered, judgment-free zone. So that that's typically what I what I suggest. But in addition to that, then I say if you are comfortable, or you know you're on a college campus, or based on your job, if you're your former student athlete or anything like that, and you have resources or you have access to therapy, I would say give it a shot. Like give it a try and and just see about potentially unpacking or crossing out those misconceptions that you might have been fed or what you've seen on TV or whatever it might be. Um, Because if we go about it that way, just as we have done throughout the course of our life with many other things, then we'll begin to see, okay, there's some truth in this, but there's also some lies here. So let me decipher for myself based on my own experience. Even though, even though Rob and even though Lauren, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to find the right therapist. But just like if you're courting or dating someone, you know you're not going to get it right just the first time. Oh, I dated this person and now we're getting married. You you have to go through a process, right? So some some individuals you might want to see on a second date, some you might not. But th- those are some things that 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 I just suggest just around that because mental health is a is a real thing, and you know we we see individuals like Kyrie and we see so many other individuals just down the line, and of course everybody can speculate, but we never know what it really is. So just those people, I, I would just encourage them find a trusted individual or reach out to a therapist, you know, just to see about. Um, just unpacking some things or just, you know, uncovering what, what might have been hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like therapists, I mean, at the jobs I've worked at, they've all had some coverage for therapy. And mm-hmm. also like a registered psychologist is covered in Canada. You can, it's tax deductible for some of it. Mm-hmm. So I know the cost can be, I'm not sure about the U.S., but but the cost can be a little bit prohibitive, I think. Um, but you can use some of those resources if you if you have them available to to kind of reduce that burden because well, there's one thing I know is mental health is extremely expensive. It is. It, it, it really is. is. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate too, right? Because I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't have your mental health, everything else starts to deteriorate as well. And in those situations where you start to see things where, you know, it goes a little bit further down the hill than other cases do. Um, If you don't take care of your mental health and the mental health side of things isn't attended to properly and with due care, just like our body needs, you start to notice compounding issues. And um, I mean, I could I could talk about it for hours, but. It's just so important in today's society with how how much we expect out of everybody, whether you're a parent, whether you're a worker, whether you know you're an athlete, that we have this idea that performance has to be at the peak always and that you should always be trying to get better and that you know yesterday or today needs to be better than yesterday. And when we're expecting that much out of our people, we need to be able to give the support that's required for that kind of mentality. And I don't think we're there yet, unfortunately. <laughs> and that, like that, will will kind of close it up here. But that, I think, to me, comes down to leadership. And I think mm-hmm. it's also something that I've been dealing with, which is like our parents. And I, I think this is something that scares me. Is is like bringing a child into the world 
And I think that the more I know and the more I understand about therapy and about the human mind and all this stuff, the more I I am freaked out by the potential of, of having to raise a child. Because I think what you learn is like even things that we would probably say are somewhat innocuous events, they can imprint a belief on a child for the rest of their life. And, and I think that that's something that scares me and like something you were talking about there, Lauren, about, you know, just like having to, to like perform at the highest level forever. It's like, I remember having a conversation with my coach when I was 12 years old and I was saying like, I'm having a rough week. Like I'm having an off week in terms of my performance and we weren't playing games or anything. It was just like in practice. And he said like, you know, there's a, you know, some weeks you'll feel good. You'll have lots of energy. Some weeks you won't. And like, this is a cyclical thing. And I remember being extremely annoyed that I couldn't just be like at the edge all the time. And it's like, <laughs> where does that come from? Because that is not what kids are born being, right? And that's something that you have to understand is like, and my psychologist literally, we talked about this on Friday, was like, we are basically a bunch of blank slates when we come out of the womb. Mm -hmm. And everything that makes us us has been this something that we've picked up basically from zero to seven. Or, And it's wild. You think about your life and you just go like, I'm a psycho, but it's not my fault. <laughs> so, John, uh, just wrapping up here, like, do you have anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Like, do you have any top tips for them, either with transitioning from athletics to the working world or, you know, just some top mental health tips? Yeah, so... So I'm I'm so I'm, I'm going to kind of marry these two. I'm, I'm going to marry these two together. So I I think that f first and foremost, I feel that in regards to um, like mental health tips, I, I think it's, it really comes down to finding an outlet. So finding an outlet to being a place to where you know you can share your thoughts, you can just get some things out, so you don't hold it in and harbor anything that could ultimately be toxic for you long term. So I will say that, and by saying that, I I like to just think that uh, I think everybody should deserve it. I think everybody should start their own podcast. Like I truly believe that everybody should start their own podcast, Rob, and I truly think everybody should start their own podcast, Lauren. Like I, re I really do because for one, I think it it can be really beneficial just in regards to you know sharing your thoughts, sharing your opinions, sharing your message, sharing your story, whatever it might be. But even in addition to that, um, by way of having a podcast, you you have the opportunity to create a tribe. You have an opportunity to build community. You have opportunity to further your verbal as well as written communication skills. And Warren Buffett says that that's the fastest way to instantly in instantly increase your net worth by 50%. So thinking about like those things, you know, that that's part of the reason why I say the podcast, but on the other side, it helps you further your soft skills because you're scheduling and you're planning and you're, you're, you're marketing and all of these things in addition to the self-care benefit, in addition to that it can apply to anyone and everyone based on whatever learning style or learning modality you fall into. So mm -hmm. that's my tip. So find a way that's an outlet, but then start your podcast because oh. people need to hear your voice. People need to people need to connect with you. And there are so many people who are struggling in whatever phase of life, not understanding that somebody else is in the same exact position that they were in. 
I, I love that one. And absolutely. Like I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pro podcast, like, obvi- I mean, obviously, but, <laughs> but I think like people tell me they're like, should I do a podcast? I'm like, absolutely. And this is the one thing I'll say just on top of everything you said, Jonathan, is it gives you an excuse to connect with anyone in the world that you want to talk to. Mm, and wow. that is something that I, I learned is like, literally I started a podcast, like we talked about around three years ago. And I was like, oh, this guy wrote a book about whatever. I'm going to send him a message and see if he wants to come on my show. And like 90% of the people say yes. Mm -hmm. And you start meeting people like, Jonathan, we would have never talked if we didn't have this show. And like, it's incredible. We're having a conversation. We got to know each other pretty well. And like this, our relationship now is going to be, well, we're going to have one versus not having one. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that that's something that you can't really quantify in terms of like, you know, dollar value or whatever, but it's extremely important, not only like in terms of building a brand and becoming an entrepreneur, but just like relationships that you build just, you know, you find your community and you find some fulfillment in that. Definitely. Relationships are the best currency. <laughs> with, with, without a doubt, without a doubt. And then ultimately, I, I believe that your relationships, just like Lauren said earlier, your relationships will help you become the peak individual that you're striving to be. Because when you're around other people who are striving for success And success can look like fulfillment. Success could look like purpose-driven work. Success can look like mission work. And when you surround yourself with these type people, then you begin to realize that we're all rising together. We're holding each other accountable. We're all trying to make the best out of this day. And then, you know, before you before you even know it, now you're 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 doing more things than you thought. You're helping more people than you ever envisioned impacting, and you're just living your day-to-day life. So I think that that's one of the amazing things about it, also. I'm looking forward to that day. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) So Jonathan, if people are out there and they want to connect with you and find you, like obviously they should subscribe to be on the ball podcast. Where else can they find you? Certainly, certainly. So uh, you can go to JonathanJonesSpeaks.com. That's where all my information is, Um, my my podcast, my my links to Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. And if there is somebody out there who is like, Rob, Lauren, John, I want to start a podcast. So I put together a checklist. I put together a checklist, like free resource, just to help people like line it out. You know, if somebody just like DM me the word podcast, then I would I would just shoot them the checklist so that they can begin to get started just in this journey. On Instagram, just Jonathan Jones Speaks. But yeah, definitely looking forward to connecting with everyone. And, you know, however I can be a resource or however I can help, please let me know. I love that. And I have an email too, actually, that if people are interested in in starting a podcast, I got to write it up as a PDF, but I do have an email that I send to literally everyone who asks me that question. So that that makes sense too. That makes sense too, you know? So I I love that. Yeah. If you, if you want that hit up Jonathan, hit up me and and we can help you start a podcast. We're happy to do that. And the only caveat we'll say is we want to be on the show too. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. So for us, yeah, if you're listening to this show, thank I mean, first off, thanks for thanks for joining us today. And and please subscribe to Dismantling the High Performance Narrative on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends about the show. Anyone, high achievers, high performers, athletes, people who are struggling with mental health, we would love to have them as our listeners and our audience. And so 
do that. You can also follow High Performance Narrative on LinkedIn and on Instagram and check out our website, highperformancenarrative.com. And if you want to book either Lauren or I as a speaker or as a consultant or as a coach, you can email us, Lauren at highperformancenarrative.com, Rob at highperformancenarrative.com. So we got all that stuff. Lauren, do you have any words that you want to leave our audience with? Um, I just want to say, like, if you heard me talking about, like, finding your purpose and and learning how to leave the external measures behind and you're sitting there like, I have no idea how to do that. I don't even know what that means for myself. Please uh, message me and we can get you in for a free consult and I'll help you figure out what that means. Um, I think that we all need somebody to help us along the way at some point. And I would absolutely love to do that for anybody who needs it. And also to reassure you that it is a okay to not know exactly what your next step forward is. It is okay to not understand what you're passionate about yet. Some of the funnest part is figuring out what that is and learning how to go from there. Yeah. And that's what Lauren does for a living. So definitely (laughs) if you're listening and that's where you want to go, send Lauren an email, Lauren at highperformancenarrative.com and she'll hook you up there. Jonathan, you know, I want to say thank you for this discussion this morning. I loved it. And I think there's a ton there that people can take out of this show. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you all for having me. Glad to be here and, you know, glad, glad to hang out. I love it. And everyone listening, thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next week.